Hey everyone, welcome to the Street Clinics podcast uh, brought to you by Atticus Health. My name is Brett and it's a podcast about all things health. So uh, today we're going to be talking to David Lee who is our podiatrist. Um, David lives in the Mornington Peninsula, he's, he's a local there and he's with his growing family. Um, since graduating from La Trobe University in 2012, David has worked uh, in the Gippsland area as well. Um, he's well versed in most aspects of podiatry, however found uh, a niche mostly within sports and uh, juvenile athletics. David has experience in the overuse uh, injuries, running, athletics, dance and AFL footy, as well as extensive experience in chronic and acute injury management and advanced soft tissue therapies. So uh, welcome David, thanks for, thanks for your time today. You're very welcome. Yeah, so David, just um, the uh, Street Clinics podcast is uh, basically you know talking to uh, uh, various health professionals and uh, you know giving as much as much uh, health, I guess, information to uh, the community as, as as we can. So we you know we wanted to sort of talk about a few points um, about uh, people's foot health and. Uh, and from running, you know, we're coming into the spring now, so it's an yeah, exciting time to start talking about that as well. So I guess probably a good place to start, David, is um, if you could sort of give us a, a bit of a rundown of like some of the, the causes, like what, what causes um, foot pain? <laughs> uh, look, there's all sorts of different causes, of course. It depends yeah. on obviously, you know, what, what sort of foot pain that we're sort of dealing with and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the one thing we always talk about uh, nowadays in and amongst sort of musculoskeletal injuries is, is what yeah. we call tissue stress theory. Yep. Which basically means something becomes injured or sore when it, you're asking it to do more than what it's capable of doing. So whether that be, you know, you, you're doing a very high amount of stress over a very short amount of time. So, yeah. you know, obviously things like rolling your ankle or, you know, acute injury, standing on something sharp. Yeah. Um, or whether that be, you know, a low-grade overuse over a long time, like your classic, you know, overuse injuries, Achilles tendonitis, you know, plantar fascial sort of issues, all that other sort of musculoskeletal yep. injury that we tend to sort of see. Yeah, okay, okay. And so like, so when um, when do you think is the best time to, to seek some medical help, David? Yeah, of course, it's a, it's a very uh, difficult question to answer that one because everything's different and obviously yeah. uh, it, it depends on what's what. I mean, obviously... Always, every single day in the clinic, we, we see somebody um, and, you know, they come in and go, oh, I've been putting up with this for six or eight weeks or however long it's been. And, you know, if they had to send them sooner, it was uh, it was always going to be easier. So sooner the better, um, you know, with, with certain stuff, of course, like always. But, I mean, I would normally sort of say as a general rule, if you've got pain that's not dissipating, yeah. um, if you've got any sort of, you know, obvious swelling, any heat, you know, any obvious, you know, deformities and, you know, change in foot structure or posture or whatever it may be, um, you know, if you're struggling to walk, I mean, the normal rule is if you have pain for more than three days, there's likely something going on that needs attention. Yeah, okay. As a general rule. Yeah, okay. A, a question that I've got, uh, I've, I've got a few times as well, and uh, I, I was excited to talk to you about it, actually, because it's come from a few sort of friends and family, but they wanted to, sure. to know a, a more, like, what do the orthotics do? <laughs> so an orthotic is basically just any external aid that's designed to manipulate or adjust or change forces through the body. So yeah. as a podiatrist, what we're normally talking about is foot orthotics. Yeah. And essentially it's a normally something that's placed inside a shoe. Um, with it's basically it's, it's designed to either alter or change, you know, the mechanics or the loads that run through a leg. So 
these days we talk about what's called kinematics, which is basically how do we alter the actual load through a joint or through a structure in order to create whatever desired change that we're actually trying to sort of do. Okay. So it's not always about changing position, but it's often about changing load. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that, uh, that, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. And what are some... Um, uh, yeah, like what, what would be would be some uh, examples, David? Like, like what, what, uh, the examples that you see, like where people would be using them mostly. Um, look, it's all used for a whole sort of uh, range of sort of things. As I said it's normally used to try to adjust or change sort of forces. So it's whatever you know, I guess uh, whatever circumstance that's appropriate. So mm-hmm. you know, if we have an overuse injury, like a classic one is you know medial or anterior knee pain. Yeah. Um, and by altering, you know, the forces and how they run through the leg, you can make it work more efficiently. So you can, you know, obviously dissipate the pain and buy you an opportunity essentially to do other things like your rehab and your gait retraining and try to, you know, undo some of these training errors and stuff that we tend to sort of see. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Are the ones that we sort of seem to see a lot of, um, you know, we tend to get a lot of, you know, lower limb, like sort of foot and ankle sort of issues. Um, you know, arthritic sort of changes. We see mm, things like mm. fasciitis. Yeah, whole whole host of other sort of things. But anything with some form of mechanical, I guess, component. Yeah, um, can then be used as a, uh, you know, a, as a as a modality for that. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, okay. Um, another question I had, David, as well, which comes um, come up a lot, and again, like I, I suffered from this in the past, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> How come, what's a good way to avoid ingrown toenails? Yeah, okay, I mean, the old uh, ingrown toenail is one that obviously has been hanging around for as long as possible. Sorry, my thing keeps uh, doing funny things there. Oh. Um, but, uh, you know, the one that, the often way that we always sort of say to sort of do that is try to avoid cutting your nail too short um, is, is the most yeah. common yeah, sort yeah. of thing what you always sort of say. Yes. Um, try to avoid cutting around the edges, which a lot of people sort of try to sort of do. You sort of, you know, if you cut them back too short, you know, you can either create little spikes, little sharp edges, which tend to sort of dig in. Mm. Um, or, you know, even if you cut it back too short, the toe itself can just kind of wrap up and get in the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Outside of that, you know, try to avoid anything that's going to create any pressure on the toe. So, you know, obviously try to avoid dropping things, kicking things, you know, all the... Uh, <laughs> Simple stuff. They're a bit of the old parking sensor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, uh, sticking with toenails, David. Yes. Uh, another question around uh, 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 toenail fungus. So, if you can explain yes. for for the uh, for the listeners, you know, like what is the toenail fungus, and um, yeah, like maybe some ways that it can be treated as well. Yeah, fair enough. So, toenail fungus is basically a group of dermatophytes, so a group of sort of infective organisms that can actually create, you know, fungal infections of the toenails. Um, all of them are, of course, fungal. Um, so, you know, think about where fungus likes to live, you know, nice, dark, warm, moist environments, you know. We yeah. always talk about, you know, mushrooms and tree roots and caves yeah. and all those sort of types of sort of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the simplest way to avoid them is basically just keep it clean, you know. Make sure you wash your feet, make sure you dry your feet, you know, give them plenty of space, give them plenty of light, you know, especially cutting into the warmer months, getting a bit of sunshine out there is always a good thing to sort of do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing we especially sort of seem to see in the ladies, of course, is things like your uh, your nail polish and all those sort of things, mm-hmm. which of course, you know, create that lovely little, what we call an occlusive environment. So it cuts out all the light, cuts out all the air, and obviously makes a nice little incubator underneath there for it. <laughs> right, right, okay. Um, once it starts to get in, it, obviously you try to treat it, and you try to treat it as, as fast as you sort of can. Um, the problem is once it gets underneath the toenail, it can be really tricky to get it out. Yeah. Because toenail is essentially dead so when it becomes infected um you have to basically replace it you have to get new toenail to replace the old damaged stuff 
<laughs> right, right. So right. that can take quite some time to regrow. So, you know, things that we always sort of suggest, or, you know, often things that we start off with are, are topical treatments, um, you know, even sort of simple things like a, you know, the um, tea tree oil has, is actually fungus static, meaning it can stop a fungus from reproducing. Uh, Vicks Vapor Rub actually is another one that um, ha- has the same sort of effect. Okay. Um, so that's always a nice one to have up your sleeve. Okay, I remember um, that one. And then, yeah, and then just on top of that, it's, it's you know, obviously sort of more uh, more invasive or more sort of aggressive sort of treatments, you know, topical sort of, I guess, you know, tinea creams. And there are thousands of things on the market as far as the uh, fungal nail treatments as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. No, thanks for that. I think that's... Uh yeah, that's very um, helpful information for us all. Uh, I guess move, <laughs> moving into the uh, moving into the, the spring, David. And I know we've sort of touched on this before, but uh, you know, for the listeners, um, yeah, maybe if you could, uh, you know, for us uh, beginners um, for uh, that want to get out now, you know, with the with the warmer weather, um, do you have any? Actually, the first question I'll ask you is is about uh, something again. I was thinking about the other day. Was you know. The spring coming and a lot of uh, racing events that are coming up as well. I was thinking, oh, yes. I, wouldn't t- I wouldn't mind buying, treating myself to uh, a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, just briefly, I know, I know that yeah, you could talk about this for hours, but oh, uh, and I do, and you do, you do, <laughs> you do. Um, for the listeners, though, in a in a grab. Um, yep. What if you could just give us um, some tips on some running shoes, the best running shoes? Yeah, okay. Look, I mean, I always am um, very much of the opinion there is no best, I suppose. It's yeah. what suits the most. Um, yeah. So the things that we, we often sort of talk about, I mean, the first thing I always sort of say when I'm talking to someone who's, you know, going to be going out and, I guess, you know, getting getting on their legs and, you know, doing a bit of activity. I mean, the first thing you need to know, of course, is, is what sort of activity are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, it always has to be appropriate for the activity, of course. You know, you yeah. don't want to go out on the soccer pitch with a pair of, uh, you know, pair of Kayanos or something like that, you're, you're definitely going to end up get, getting yourself unstuck on those ones. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you have to be appropriate for the activity. Um, it has to fit well. And the one thing that everyone always forgets about, and everyone gets really caught up in the, you know, the really high end and the science, and, you know, obviously, we talk mm. about viscoelasticity of shoes and lateral support and all this other sort of stuff. But mm. fitness is absolutely the most important part. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that more issues and more injuries are caused by just fitment issues than what are caused by you know actually sort of a you know biomechanical or sort of physiological sort of issues yeah um, when we start to talk about footwear so it has to fit i mean the general yeah. rule is you should be able to put your foot in and fit a finger at the end <laughs> yeah 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 um so you know generally it's your own finger of course because you know obviously it's always relative to the size of the uh the participant that's yeah it's a nice sort of one um but sort of getting a little bit more specific i mean it really depends on marrying it up with the uh, the mechanics and marrying it up with you know as i said you know how fast you're going to be moving and what sort of activity you're going to be sort of doing so yeah if you have a, a flatter foot or if you have a foot that pronates or you know you have a little bit of instability or whatever it may be you might be more you know comfortable in a support shoe right or vice yep. versa if you have a high arch foot or if you, you need a little bit more cushioning you might be more comfortable in a neutral or a cushion shoe yeah and then there's a whole other, I guess, host of sort of discussions that happen outside of that when you start to talk about, you know, sort of, I guess, a cross trainer versus a sneaker versus what we now call a runner, yeah. which is probably a little bit different to <laughs> what everybody else's interpretation of it is. You mm. know, a runner these days is a, a specific market set, you know, of, of a shoe mm. as opposed to just the description of the, you know, the actual shoe itself. Yeah. Um, but that would be what I'd be kind of sort of looking at it as, as a grab. Does it fit? 
is it appropriate for the activity? And then, as I said, outside of that, the real obvious sort of mechanical changes that you see between a, you know, a cushion and a high arch and a whatever else you want to sort of think about on that one. Yeah. So if someone was going to, uh, was thinking about purchasing these shoes, David, what type of advice would you give them uh, in regards to, uh, you know, how would they go about, you know, um, I guess fitting themselves for the right shoe? Yeah, look, I mean, and that's a really tricky one. I mean, my advice for, for people as a, as a general is always mm. go somewhere they have different types of shoes. I mean, we mm-hmm. all like our ASIC stores and our New Balance stores and stuff like that because they have a great range and, mm. you know, they tend to be a smidge cheaper in some cases, which is nice. Um, but you want to go somewhere there's a couple of different types, you know, so you want to try a few different sort of shoes on. You know, don't just choose the one that looks pretty or comes in the right color. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you want to go for the one that's the most appropriate. So try a few on in a row. You know, I always sort of say to everyone, it should be a bit of a Cinderella moment. You should just put it on and it should work. <laughs> yeah, it should just feel <laughs> good. Get, exactly. Don't get mm. told it, it's going to stretch. Don't get told that it's going to change over time. Don't get suck, suck it in by the sales hype, I guess, essentially, because you know, if they can pre-stretch materials on a rack before they make a pair of shoes and get a few more out of a roll, then they'll do that. You know, it's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, these things are, you know, at the end of the day, they are a sellable product and they do make them to a budget. So there's always going to be variances in them, of course. But, you know, it should just work. Go yeah. to a shoe shop, try three or four on. Which one's the most comfortable? <laughs> yeah, okay. Which <laughs> one feels <laughs> and sort of fits best as well? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. That's good advice. Um... What about uh, in terms of seeing a, a podiatrist for general, just general foot care, um, how, how often uh, should people do this, David? Uh, look, it depends on what we're seeing them for, of course, Brett. I mean, obviously, mm. there's always going to be variances in, in what people get coming in for. Mm. Um, if it's just your, your general sort of, I guess, you know, your diabetic annual sort of checkup, obviously, that's done well annually. Um mm. Sometimes you end up with people coming through for just general care, so corns, calluses, nails, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is a little bit more variable, of course, because it depends on uh, how quickly it all grows back. Yeah, um, yeah. To give you an idea, for a nail to grow, you know, an entire way through, so an entire nail growth cycle um, is from three to eighteen months. Right. So yeah. She's a pretty broad window. Um, <laughs> so trying to find what works in and amongst that can be a little bit tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, the average time frame where I'll be sort of seeing people for general care would be anything from sort of six to ten weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I often say, you know, hit it between the eyes, try it about eight to start off with, and um, you can always adjust from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just case by case, really. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess just one final question, David. You know, I appreciate yeah, your time today and uh, yeah, no on the run. But uh, yeah, one final question. I just wanted to find out. Um, I know you're a, you're a Hawthorne supporter, but what are your uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts for the um, the finals starting tonight? Oh, look, it's a bit of a tough one. Look, I uh, you know I, I we had a bit of a chat about this the other day. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I sort of think you know going on from tonight, I think you know Richmond are probably there the better team in the in the game but I think Brisbane are going to want it more and I think that counts for a lot come sort of September or so I think I'm going to have to tip the Lions tonight yep sort of going on from there I guess you know there's a couple sort of games coming up which are probably sort of pretty heavily tipped to go one way and I think it's pretty hard to argue against the uh, you know the masses on that one so look I would I'd be sort of saying come the big day would be probably seeing you know it would have to be uh, you know you'd be hard to go past Geelong or uh, Melbourne of course yeah but I, I think, you know, all, all said and done, I would like to see uh, Collingwood, and, uh, Collingwood and Melbourne get in there. I think that'd be good for the game. Okay, good. All right, so Collingwood, <laughs> Melbourne, and who, who do you think is going to win? 
Well, look, I would like to say not Collingwood. Yes. Would, be my, uh, yeah. would probably be my official answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, that sounds, that sounds good. I think for what it's worth, I think it will be a Melbourne-Collingwood grand final as well. And right. Melbourne is going to win. So oh, there you go. We're, we're, both, this, we're both in agreement on that. So we'll see. We'll see if we're right. <laughs> No, yeah, thank, right. thanks again. Down. Yeah, thanks again, David. No, I appreciate your time today. And, uh, yeah, um, we look forward to the next uh, Street Clinics podcast where we'll continue the conversations with uh, yeah, various health professionals within uh, the Atticus Health Network. So until next Great. time, we will chat to you then. Thanks again, David. No problems at all. Thanks, Brett. See I'll you then. Speak to you soon. Good on you. Bye. See ya. See you guys.